How does water make me feel? Well, knowing how hot and arid it is here much of the year, and knowing that water is life to all plants and animals, it makes me feel really grateful. I'm really grateful for the amount of rain we've been getting. I hope we get a decent amount this year. It feels refreshing and cleansing just to be around it and breathe the cleared air around it, but especially to dive into water and feel it washing over your body. The energy of that feels real healing and cleansing. Of course, the water here is moving pretty fast and I know it's powerful. I like the sound. Sometimes I hear songs or voices, if you will, uh, of the water as it gurgles and makes its way over and under rocks and through branches and such things. And of course, water is often found not flowing, but calm. And when it's calm, unlike this moving water, calm water is highly reflective. It's like a mirror. And so it reminds me of our emotions when we look into turbulent water or water that is agitated, there may not be much reflected by it, but when it's calm, it clearly reflects. And that's just a little metaphor for life, I think. Not that there's anything wrong with our emotions. They're there for us to learn and to understand and know things and feel things, but to not be controlled by them and to stop and be calm and reflect and be responsive rather than just acting without thinking. So that's more of a symbolic thing that water means to me. Guillermo Mash here welcoming you to Imagining Community, a grassroots media and civic engagement endeavor, sharing stories that make our community imagination sparkle and engage. You just heard from naturalist and longtime outdoor educator Robert Dresden, as recorded at Bear Hole on the rocky banks of Big Chico Creek. His recorder music was from the folk song Carry Me Back to the Sea, a fitting opening for our show that features an interview with two of the three women embarking on a rafting trip of the Sacramento River from its source near Mount Shasta all the way to the sea. Next up, an inspiring promotional video from their Instagram site at SacSourceToSea as they prepare to launch on March 14th, followed by an interview with two of the crew members by Jim Brobeck, water policy analyst with Aqua Alliance. My name is Ari Kosel, and I'm Alyssa Winkleman. I had this idea to do a source to see on the SAC probably a couple years ago. It just kind of was a fantasy in my head and something that seemed cool to do. And then I started thinking about who I would want to do this trip with. It's like 450 miles. Like, who would I want to spend that much time on the river with? And Ari was the first person I thought of. And I was immediately like, hell yeah, I want to do that. And then the idea just kept growing from there. And we started thinking about how can we make it more than just us floating down the river. The Sacramento River has so many complex issues and a lot of different stakeholders, uh, often with pretty different perspectives. And we thought it'd be a really cool idea to try and interview folks while we we're boating on the sack and get a better idea of what's happening on the river, what are the most important issues to people, ultimately just like understand the river and the people who are invested in it. 
I have a good friend who works for Trout Unlimited and he encouraged me to keep the trip all female. Um, it could be a really cool opportunity to kind of promote women's empowerment along with bringing awareness to all the issues on the Sacramento. And so we were like, well, that sounds like a cool film. We should get someone who could film it since neither of us are like talented in that department. <laughs> we can boat, but we can't really film. So we started looking for a filmmaker and got connected with this woman, Jamie, in Alaska. She has done a bunch of different expeditions. She was part of a crew that did the first sea kayak crossing of the Bass Strait, which is between Australia and Tasmania. And she just has such great energy and felt like a really awesome addition to the team. She's super motivated. So the crew just kind of started coming together and it felt like it was complete. We'll be starting at the headwaters of the Sac near Mount Shasta. We'll be traveling over 400 miles downriver. In the first 20 to 30 miles of the river, we'll be going through class three and four rapids. As we move downstream, the rapids kind of begin to mellow out and we'll be in class ones and twos. And then once we get down below Shasta Dam and Keswick Dam, the river gets really wide and really mellow with you know some small rapids here and there. As we get down into the delta, we'll be dealing with tidal impacts and high winds, potentially up to 40 to 50 miles an hour. We'll be passing alongside barges and freight ships and our tiny little boats. Hopefully they don't run over us. <laughs> Sweet. We are daring and dashing women. We're going to start in pack rafts and go the majority of the trip in pack rafts. Before we reach the delta, we're going to switch into sea kayaks so that we can better navigate the high winds and the tides. And then we'll be ending in the bay at the Golden Gate Bridge. Alyssa and I, we both grew up on the Sacramento River and it was the river that we did our first river guide trainings on. And I think it helped open up a lot of opportunities for us in the outdoors and fueled our passion for the environment, for conservation work, um, for really protecting the areas that we recreate in and love. Ari was one of the first people that I got on the river with when we were in high school and it sparked an interest but never really felt like something that I was gonna pursue. And then when I was in college, I decided to do a river guide school and so I did it on the upper sack with river dancers. And I've been a river guide for over eight years now and I've worked in the outdoor industry total for over 10 years. My degree is in outdoor adventure leadership from SOU. And so I've really just made outdoors and getting people outdoors and recreating responsibly my entire career. It's something that I care so much about. I went to UC Davis and studied sustainable agriculture. So I have a lot of personal passion around ag in this state. You know, this is a personal trip, but it has broader implications. Right now, our country, like the seeds of divisiveness have been sown so deep and it seems like a really cool opportunity to role model having an open mind and like talking to people who don't necessarily share our perspective. What does it mean to others? Why is it important to them? What is their connection to the sack? And what are they worried about thinking ahead to the future and how this river might change in the next year, five years, 10 years down the line? We've started to think more about how we want to capture this story and have been really excited by the inflow of people who are excited as well and like want to support us and want to connect. I've been so overwhelmed by all the support that we've received. It's so incredible and 
far more than I could have ever expected. It feels like what we're trying to do is important and other people think that it's important as well and see it as a really cool educational resource. Some of the things that we're hoping to create afterwards will allow other people to go through a similar journey or exploration to better understand what's happening on the Sacramento River and to get a chance to really uh, tap into the different viewpoints and perspectives. We're so grateful and humbled by the amount of community support we've already received on this project and we really couldn't do it without just that grassroots fundraising. And we're just hoping that the more momentum we gain, the more people will realize that this is a project that has a lot of credibility. We mean what we say, we're gonna follow through on what we're trying to accomplish here. And yeah, we can't do it without support from our community and people like you. If you wanna help support our project, check out our website, sacksourcetosee.com. Our Instagram is sacksourcetosee. And we'll continue to update our Instagram once we get on the river and as we move down the state. So if you're interested in following along on the adventure, that's a great place to see kind of frequent updates. Go to sacksourcesc.com. There's a donate button that links to our GoFundMe and help us make it happen. From the mobile studio of Imagining Community, part of a year-long series on water, my name is Jim Brobeck. I am a watershed policy analyst for Aqua Alliance. Aqua Alliance exists to defend Northern California waters and to challenge threats to the hydrologic health of the Northern Sacramento River watershed. We confront escalating attempts to divert more water from the Northern Sacramento River hydrologic region. Today, I've got the pleasure of interviewing three powerful women who in a few weeks will launch their pack rafts onto the river of one of the arms of the mighty Sacramento River to begin a 400 plus mile journey all the way to the Pacific Ocean. You can find more information about their journey on their website, sacsourcetosea.com. And joining me by telephone is Ariana Kossel and Alyssa Winkleman. They live in Mount Shasta and their colleague, Jamie Trapp, who I believe uh, lives in Alaska, is going to accompany them with her camera equipment. So they're going to have a wonderful uh, media coverage of this, of this exciting journey. Welcome to Imagining Thank Community. Thanks for having us. I'd, I'd like to start with a question that, uh, that Guillermo that he posed to me this morning of how, how you feel paddling on, the, on water but I want to break it down a little bit because I noticed that you are starting on, on a reservoir called Lake Siskiyou into the Box Canyon. And uh, then uh, later on, you'll be in Shasta Reservoir. Uh, from what I know, Lake Siskiyou is a recreational reservoir that they keep a pretty steady level in it. So it's got very nice habitat around it. It's, it looks like a beautiful area. Are you going to paddle around Lake Siskiyou? Yeah, you know, Lake Siskiyou is pretty small, so we'll likely just paddle from the delta across to the Box Canyon Dam. It's a pretty quick paddle, actually, if there's no wind. Yeah. Yeah, and we're hoping to start uh, a little bit upstream of Lake Siskiyou and get closer to the actual headwaters. So we'll probably be starting out on skis and um, doing a little bit of a backcountry ski tour and following one of the 
forks of the river that feeds into Lake Sisu before we hop in our pack rafts and continue by boat from there. And then you'll portage around the dam into the Box Canyon? Yep. And is is the Box Canyon going to present some dynamic water for you to paddle? Definitely. Um, yeah, this trip starts off with some of the most intense whitewater in the first couple of days. And um, it will depend also on the water levels that we're facing. And so we know that we're supposed to be getting some more weather coming in starting this coming weekend. And that might cause the flows to be a little bit higher. So it'll definitely be dynamic because it all depends on what what flow we're at and what the weather conditions are. But we're looking at some class three, class four rapids right off the bat. And you're you're both experienced river guides, so I imagine while that's exciting, it's not going to be particularly intimidating. How does it feel paddling through such dynamic water? Yeah, we've both been we've both spent a lot of time on the river and have paddled a bunch of different rivers, all varying levels of white water. And for me personally, I really love the excitement of class three and four white water. You know, you have to be really on it and aware and looking ahead reading the water. So yeah, I'm really excited to get back on the water. Yeah, I think we're we're definitely not going to take it for granted that we're both experienced whitewater women. Everything's dynamic, especially in the spring, there could be a lot of wood that's in the river. So we're going to be playing it cautious, making sure we're scouting, um, you know, even portaging if something doesn't feel right. We don't want to start our trip off with any epic swift water rescue situation. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm curious, do you need to change your, your vessel to go through whitewater compared through paddling through some of the calmer waters that are further downstream? So we'll be on pack rafts for the majority of the trip. The reason we chose pack rafts are because they're small or they're really packable and lightweight. So since we're going to be doing several portages around dams, it felt like the best tool for that. So we'll have, we have whitewater pack rafts. And so they're built and designed to go through whitewater. And then when we get down near Sacramento, we're going to switch to sea kayaks because it's going to be a lot slower moving water and windy. And then we'll be kind of encountering the tidal impacts of the bay. So, but the majority of the trip will be in pack rafts. When I saw on your website that you're going to be using pack rafts, I, I assumed they were to pack all your camping gear, but now I, I understand it's uh, so they're more portageable. Uh, are you going yeah, to be yeah. uh, are you going to be having a support crew to help you transport your camping gear? I think we're going to try and pack as if we're going backpacking. So you know we're we're carrying all of our camping gear and food with us, but fortunately because the Sacramento does stay very um, close to urban centers throughout its journey we'll be able to do fairly frequent resupplies so we don't have to carry more than you know three or four days worth of food or gear at a time i'm curious to know how you feel paddling uh, through Shasta Reservoir. One of my big concerns on these reservoirs, these giant reservoirs that are used for water supply in California, especially the ones I'm familiar with, Shasta and Oroville, is the uh, areas surrounding the water. As the water goes down, it leaves all this naked soil that has, has practically no life, is highly vulnerable to erosion. 
And with the plan to raise Shasta Dam, I'm afraid about all the more stretch of river that's going to be inundated with these wildly fluctuating water levels. And as you're paddling down, before you hit the reservoir, when the reservoir is low, I wonder what it's like to be seeing the banks change from a, a healthy riparian forest to a highly erodible sacrifice zone is the way I look at it. Is, is that how you see it? And, and how do you feel when you're paddling down once you start entering the realm of the reservoir, especially when the reservoir is low and leaving the naked banks? I anticipate feeling definitely a shift in our energy. I mean, obviously, that it's kind of like twofold. You know, we'll lose all the current as we enter the reservoir. But like you said, we're going to be losing the really lush, beautiful riparian zone of the upper sack. And just, you know, driving across Shasta Lake, it always gives me kind of a strange feeling. It does feel really desolate. And so I imagine feeling that when we're paddling across Shasta Lake, just feeling almost like a loss of the flow, like literally the loss of the flow. But we're going to be paddling a lot harder. We're going to probably have some wind and it's just going to, I don't know, be, yeah, it'll have an interesting vibe, I think. Yeah, Shasta Dam has so much that it holds, not just water, but just historically as well. And I think we'll be thinking about everything that that reservoir represents for so many people in this state as we paddle across it. Yes. Uh, and I'm, I've been in communication over the years with uh, Chief Sisk from the Winnemum Wintu tribe, and they're, they've been putting up an effort to prevent the raising of the dam and how it's going to inundate some of the remaining sacred spots on the McLeod River. But of course, it's not just the McLeod River that'll be inundated with the reservoir floods. It'll be the Sacramento River and the arms of the Pitt River. So it's a, it'll have really extensive environmental effects. And I know one of the goals of your journey is to raise awareness of some of the environmental issues. And, and I really applaud you for doing that, that um, it, it's so important for, for us in California to recognize the environmental implications of the water infrastructure that you will be paddling through on your journey to the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, what we're really hoping through our film and through interviews with all the different stakeholders is to get a really clear picture of all the folks that utilize the river and see it as an important piece of their either livelihood or tradition. And what we really want to do is role model open-mindedness. We want to be good listeners and hopefully not make anyone feel like their use of the river is negative or bad and just bring more awareness to like all the different people that really use this river and the water and how challenging it can be to represent all of those stakeholders and interests and it's a complex it's complex everybody needs water just how does it get managed that's kind of the, the crux i'm talking today with ariana kosel is that how you pronounce your name ariana yeah ariana kosel or you can call me ari ari kosel and uh, Alyssa winkleman and along with their colleague jamie trapp they're going to be kayaking down the entire length of the Sacramento River through the Delta and out through the Bay and into the Pacific Ocean to the realm of the Orca. One of their goals is to raise awareness of environmental and social issues. I notice on the website that they're also concerned about forest health and fire risk. 
it's great to hear that your that your awareness goes all the way up to the actual source of the water, which is the forested and meadowlands, so the watershed that feeds the water. Can you give me an idea of what your uh, what your goal is and to uh, raise awareness of forest health and fire risk issues? Yeah, I think the you know the last decade really in California has seen a massive increase in wildland fires that have encroached on uh, residential areas or rather even residential areas are encroaching on what used to be just forest habitat. And so we're seeing much more interface and direct impact of these fires on the populations in California and on the ecosystems. And so just trying to understand a little bit more about how the management of our watersheds has wider spread implications for the overall ecosystem health and how, you know, with drought and water management leading to changes in forest management as well, it can result in a lot of like downstream effects, especially when there's, you know, runoff from these big wildfires flowing into waterways such as the SAC. So, yeah, I think we're also curious and open and trying to understand how complex it all really is. It's such an important issue, and I applaud you for doing it. We we really need to recognize the importance of the watershed for the water in California, and water is the driving economic factor, and investing in watershed management is, is critical. And uh, with the return Absolutely. of using, uh, using fire as a management tool and shifting from firefighting to fire management is, is one of the things that uh, the Native community and some of my colleagues here in Chico that are getting good fire back on the landscape is is one of the goals. And once you get into the valley, that's when you start noticing the issues of fish passage. And uh, and the, the, we're talking about anadromous fish, migratory fish that start their start their life up in the upper watersheds. They spawn in the upper watersheds, and then they work their way downstream through various rearing habitat and uh, into the delta where they get big enough to go out into the ocean and survive and and be part of the whole ecosystem in in the ocean and from the ocean all the way up into the upper watersheds and there have been challenges with uh, fish habitat and passage so uh, what do you see of what some of the challenges of fish habitat in the main stem of the Sacramento River, once you get into the river, and and uh, what what are you going to try to highlight that as your journey? Well, obviously the fish habitat has been. I mean, they've lost you know at least forty miles of habitat of really good, clean, cold water habitat. You know, the McLeod and the upper reaches of the Sac and the Pit are just such prime rearing habitat and so it's really it's just so sad that we've lost that because that's such an important part of our ecosystem health and so it's really it's really obvious when you get down below Keswick Dam you know that's as high as they can go and that habitat is just so not beneficial for their growth and their success because it's just you know wide open very shallow and the water is really warm by that point. You know, they do an okay job of maintaining fish flows out of those dams and the water is colder, but it doesn't compare to what it would be like if they were up in the mountains where they historically 
we're able to spawn. And so it'll be really important for us to be able to highlight that. And I think we'll be, the spring Chinook run will be happening. And so hopefully we'll be able to get some footage of the run happening. But yeah, there, the Chinook run is endangered and that's in big part due to not having as good spawning habitat. Yeah, and I think when we get to the Delta, we're hoping to connect with, you know, some fish biologists and conservation groups who have been fairly active with the management of the Delta and trying to navigate this complex issue of maintaining habitat for these threatened and endangered fish species while also still meeting water demands of municipalities. And so I think in the Delta, we'll we'll be able to see a lot more of it in action as well and really curious just to to hear the different perspectives at play. And there are so many different projects going on with salmon reintroduction and obviously it's really tough because if there's salmon reintroduction above Shasta Lake, you know, they could potentially be raised up there but then it's just a really unnatural process of having to be transported back down below Shasta Dam. So yeah, we're hoping that we can get an idea of what those salmon reintroduction projects look like. And then Jacob Katz with Caltrout has a really cool project going on called the Nigiri Project. And he's working with rice farmers to raise salmon in the Central Valley. And what they're finding is that that mimics what it used to be like before the river was really channelized and all the you know levees were built and flood control historically the sack would flood a huge range of the central valley and that process helped raise really healthy strong salmon and what the nigiri project is finding is that the raising of salmon in the rice fields mimics nature so it's a really cool project and hopefully we can connect with jacob as well uh, what you're bringing up as far as rearing habitat in the in the rice field, one of the reasons why Aqua Alliance supports the continuation of water being used for for rice because it does sort of mimic some of the some of the uh, pre Euro American development of the of the Central Valley uh, by providing this this habitat as as long as it doesn't have uh, other negative environmental impacts so uh it's a balance that needs to be struck between the human needs and the and the needs of fish and hopefully mm-hmm. everyone can win so it's it's great that you are uh, approaching this with such open minds toward all the different efforts to harmonize human needs with environmental needs i yeah. I, I really appreciate that once you get into the delta when I look at maps of the Delta, it is such a complex network of channels. How are you going to navigate through the Delta and, and, and know you're going the right direction? I know that in the past, some fish have had trouble even navigating it when they crank up the pumps in the Southern Delta and it reverses the flow, makes it look like you may be going out toward the ocean. You may be paddling toward the pumps. Yeah, such a good question. And it is really a complex area on so many levels, including NAV. So I think we'll be relying on a lot of data from folks who have paddled the Delta. And then most likely we'll be using our map systems more heavily during that section just to make sure that we are actually taking the 
the passage and route that we want to get where we need to get going. I am so looking forward to seeing some of the images that you're going to be <laughs> sending out from from this uh, long journey, both both some of the areas that need rehabilitation, but also the areas that are still retaining good levels of uh, of wildlife. Uh, I, I hope you get some really good um, images of the up-migrating salmon. That will be so exciting to see. Yeah, that's our hope, too. Back in the, uh, in the early part of this century, in the late part of the last century, one of the big issues on the Sacramento River was uh, rip-wrapping the edges of the river to prevent erosion and how that degraded the, uh, the wildlife habitat value of it. And I'm curious uh, if you've paddled the river in the past, say, 10 years, has that situation improved? Are there sections of the river that have become more, uh, more valuable habitat that prior to that were, uh, were rocky boulder edges from erosion control? That's a really great question. And of the three of us, like none of us have actually paddled below Shasta Dam very much. I don't think we'll be able to gauge on a personal level what sort of changes there have been environmentally. But we are aware of different projects that have been going on like through the Nature Conservancy of really trying to do a lot of riparian rehabilitation, especially along the riverbank. So we're just going to be curious and and try and have um you know attentive eyes and notice and record what we can but we don't necessarily have a before and after perspective since this will be new new section of the river for us are you planning on taking any side trips any of the sloughs or the tributaries that uh, do provide such valuable salmon rearing habitat and also wildlife refuges for the otters and the beaver and the and the many birds that that live in the Sacramento Valley. On this particular trip, we'll be just on the main stem of the Sacramento, but we have been kind of talking about how it would be cool in the future to do some of the other tributaries. We, Ari and I, have both paddled on the McLeod, on a couple sections of the McLeod, and would love to explore that river and that tributary a lot more so maybe in the future this feels like this project is just continuing to grow so (laughs) we'll probably be doing more (laughs) i I imagine (laughs) i imagine that you're planning on camping uh along the way so you'll be camping on some of the uh some of the islands and some of the edges of the river yeah we'll be camping it sounds like there's definitely some cool places to camp like above Chico it sounds like it gets a little more challenging once we get down below Chico and into Sacramento and the Delta but we've got some pretty good beta from folks who've done it so I think we'll be able to find places to camp but yep we'll be camping the whole time and do you have a, a good support team to uh, to help resupply you on your way down and to stay in contact with yeah we feel super fortunate just Within our community, there's so many people who have offered to do resupplies for us, and we're still figuring out the logistics of all that and how much we'll actually need people to to meet us along the way. But the outpouring of folks who have offered has like really warmed our hearts, and we just feel super lucky to have so many people willing to show up for us. And yeah, we're just really grateful. And once you enter the San Francisco Bay, I, I imagine that that is uh, because it's so wide open 
and open to uh, to the uh, to air currents to the wind that that's going to present a challenge. I know I've done a little bit of kayaking off the coast of uh, the Pacific coast of Baja, and we had to choose days to do it in order to uh, not get caught in the wrong spot at the wrong time and have to paddle back through heavy heavy winds. Uh, how do you how do you think you're going to feel paddling through the bay? Have you ever paddled through the bay and out into the Pacific? Yeah, I don't think any of us have really paddled on the bay, so it'll be such a different experience for us. And for me personally, I think it it maybe feels the most nerve wracking since it is the least familiar. But we are connecting with some folks who've done a lot of sea kayaking on the bay and used to be sea kayak guides down there. So we're hoping to just really soak up all of their knowledge and maybe even meet them on the bay and have them paddle with us for sections, just since it is a little bit out of our like normal element. I am so impressed to know the combination of your uh, confidence that you'll be able to do this, especially in the upper reaches, and your humility, knowing that you that you will need to have uh, support and guidance from uh, people that are experienced in other waters than you have. I congratulate you on both your courage and your humility. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, we're not trying to like prove that we <laughs> know everything. I think that's a big part of this trip is trying to show that we are very aware of the knowledge that we have and also our knowledge gaps and we're just trying to be open. I'm talking with Ari Kossel and Alyssa Winkleman who along with their colleague Jamie Trapp are going to be going on a long journey from one of the main stems of the upper Sacramento River through the reservoirs in the upper portion of the Sacramento River down through the main stem of the river into the delta through the bay and out into the Pacific Ocean. Are you actually going to paddle through the Golden Gate? Yeah, that I, the, the plan is to paddle. That's the end point. So I'm not sure if we'll go under it, how far out we'll go, but that's the beacon <laughs> end point for us. The vision that these women have is uh, is bound to inspire people to really value the Sacramento River watershed and the importance of it for both the economy and the environment of California. I encourage people to check out their website. They can, they can certainly use uh, some funding to help accomplish the entire project. I know uh, from working with my colleague Guillermo that w- once you collect a lot of the media that they'll be doing with uh, sound recordings and and uh, video recordings that there's going to be a long process of editing and this project is going to really yield some precious precious final product and if you'd like to contribute to it you should uh, look at their website it's sacsourcetosea.com that's sac s-a-c for the sacramento river sacsourcetosea.com it has been a real pleasure and an inspiration to talk to you too and i i look forward to following you on your journey. Thank you so much for having us. Folks can also follow along um, with like fairly frequent updates of our journey on our Instagram. It's also sacksourcetosee.com or not .com, just sacksourcetosee. And we'll be posting pretty frequent updates once we get on the water. And for anyone interested in the pre-trip planning, we have some silly videos and just kind of showing people what we're up to. So that's a great place to follow along as well. 
Yeah, and we're so appreciative to have this chance to share a little bit more about our story and definitely appreciate the shout out helping us fund this trip. We are feeling good fundraising and are hoping to keep that momentum going because anything that we raise beyond the cost of our trip and the film production, we will be donating to the Karen Project. That's Karen as in on a trail, C-A-I-R-N. And it's an amazing nonprofit that supports getting young women outside, which is another one of our passions as a group of three women out on a river adventure together. We're hoping to inspire more women to get outside and especially use our privilege and platform to support young women and access into the outdoors. So uh, please help us out because we're hoping to raise more than we need for our trip so that we can give back and get more women outside. Excellent. I feel confident of your success. I look forward to meeting you sometime in the future. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, we'll be excited to meet you guys when we come through Chico. Thank you so much. Thank you. Guillermo Mash here thanking you for listening to Imagining Community on your favorite podcasting service. We also share our visuals and words on Facebook and Instagram at Imagining Community. Please enjoy our segment-ending song, Flow, by Jim Brobeck, who has a catalog of music on SoundCloud under the name James Brobeck. Until the next time, always remember, if you have a roof, be grateful. Catch a rap river, hitchhike with your boat, paddle current move with the flow on feel rhythm river rhythm i want to feel that flow feel the river flow and though it seems more i want to be the flow i'll be the river flow Be the water flow.